tonight on Whiskey Waffle. You can be an official waffler. Oh yeah, baby. Peanut butter, crunchy or smooth? It makes me think of a bit of like old car seatbelts. It's not more quinoa whiskey, is it? That's this episode on Whiskey Waffle, the podcast. I mean, cast. Ted, welcome home. Thank you, Nick. You are looking tanned and gorgeous, might I say. Oh, thank you. Yeah, that's what happens when you go on holiday in Tassie in September, right? Yep, uh, the UV rays are still pretty uh, bright at the moment, <laughs> so you come you come back crisp, even if the uh, sun's not out. Yes. Now, just for those people that are a bit worried, they've tuned into the wrong podcast. No, this is still Whiskey Waffle. Welcome along, everyone, to episode 26 of the Whiskey Waffle podcast. As previously mentioned, my name is Nick. My name is Ted. And we are sitting in some comfortable armchairs in northwest Tasmania. Yes, but... That has not been the case for the last week or so. No, we, the armchairs have been really uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. We we have been, as much as we possibly can in these uh, times, global travellers. Yeah, we have. Well, we've certainly been intrastate travellers. We've been on our annual whiskey trip. And tell you what, it's been enlightening. Yeah, it has been absolutely fantastic. We have been to many places. We've been to, I think the number was... Um, 14 distilleries, one cooperage, and one whiskey club HQ in the last week. So that's not a bad effort, is it? Our first day was um, to go to the Angel Share mm. in Stanley. Thanks to uh, Sam and Louise for inviting us along. And we we were attending a talk by Patty M. A soiree with Patty M. Pat McGuire from Sullivan's Cove. Uh, and then the next day, we had a wonderful afternoon hanging out with Mark Littler at Helly's Road, and uh, more about that later. Yep, and then those those sort of nice nice little aperitifs out of the way, we uh, jumped in the car what, and we... Australian sherry teeths. <laughs> yeah, we uh, we headed south, and southeast actually, we headed right across the state to Spring Bay. Yeah, hang out with Cam there, but then that evening we travelled to the Tasman Peninsula to shelter in a tiny little bothy with Bill McHenry from McHenry Distillery. Yep, that is a pretty interesting place if you ever get a chance to it's go. It's the edge of the world. It is the edge of the world. Anyway, the next day we woke up relatively hungover from the night before, uh, <laughs> sitting in the bothy, um, having some drinks and sharing tales with Bill. So we uh, headed north um to Belgrove Distillery to catch up with uh, Big Pete. Yeah, Pete Bignall at Belgrove. So we then went and saw Robbie and Emma's paddock. Yep, it is a gorgeous paddock on the edge of the uh, Derwent River. Appropriate but- that they call Derwent Distillery then, isn't yes. it? Yes, yes. There, there is a paddock there at the moment, but not to be for much longer because Derwent Distillery will soon become a real thing. The next day was a busy one. We we went to visit uh, Chris Thompson from Lark Distillery, which we'll more on quite soon. But then uh, we went to see Brett Steele, the maker of Spirit Thief. Yep. While we were out there, we couldn't resist calling in next door because next door is, is Jane and Mark Sawford. Overeem. Yes, and now again, once again, Overeem Distillery is, is right back there. And yeah, so, they were super excited. It was so nice to be able to catch up yeah. with them and congratulate them. Yeah. Um, so after a hard morning's um, drinking, we stumbled our way down to Salamanca and mm. more specifically... Yeah, Battery Point, a beautiful little suburb. And we caught up with a guy called Jack, who's the head distiller at Battery Point Distillery. You may have heard of his last name before. It starts with an L and it ends with a K. So... The Mac- <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's his Croatian uncle. No. Uh, Jack Lark, um, yeah. son of the Bill. He's the son of a British cop show, is he? <laughs> yeah. And then we had a very disappointing evening discovering that Monday night in Hobart, 
everywhere closes early to get yeah. something to eat. So yeah. we staggered from place to place and no one... <laughs> it, was, it was like uh, the, the, the story of the nativity, but more, more drunk. And there was no room of, at the inn yeah. um, and no food for Nick and Ted. Um, no. So the next day was a big one as well because we were heading north. The first stop was, in fact, going to see Bertie Kaysen from the Whiskey Club. Yeah, that was a really interesting uh, discussion that we got to have yeah. with him. Super interesting guy. So that was really cool to see see his uh, den um, and check out his whiskey collection. Mm. Um, then we headed north to OKD. Yep, Old Kempton Distillery, formerly Redlands. Checked out their uh, new new still house, which is in the process of being built. Yeah, it's a very nice shell. And then we stopped off at Transwood Cooperage, which is just next door to Adams Distillery in yep. Perth. Um, separate business, though, and met up with Dave and Laurie Schmider. I think that's think that's how you say the la- their last name. You're ahead of me. Yeah, D- Dave and Laurie. Anyway, super super mm. nice guys. Like generally, really great guys and craftsmen to the bone. Those those guys know how to make a barrel. Oh yeah. Then uh, we caught up with um, Matt and Julie uh, Cooper up at Fanny's Bay. More Coopers. Yeah, and uh, Matt fed us his homebrew. Yep, lots of homebrew. It's really good. Mm. Um, the next the next day, once we were moderately recovered. We headed west and visited your cousin. Yeah, cousin Justin at Turner Stillhouse. I am a Turner, so is Justin. So Turner Stillhouse was the first of our visits that day. And then we popped over the other side of the river. To Hillwood to see Paul and Ollie, a father and son team that have founded Hillwood Distillery. And I tell you what, blimey, they're making some good whiskey out there. Um, and then we yeah, sort of rounded out uh, our last couple of days um, boozing at Fanny's Bay, which was exceptional. A, yeah, can recommend. So that was our trip, and here is the thing. When we were traveling around our time, we brought a microphone with us, which means that we have got a new section on the Whiskey Waffle podcast called Waffling With. So Waffling With is our new interview series, and the very first one with Mark Littler, our hometown hero, will be on this episode later on, so stay tuned for that. Yeah, we have got a pretty epic lineup. we the problem is, we've, and we've discussed this over our trip, the problem is because we uh, sort of went to so many distilleries in such a short time and talked to so many people, we've actually got all these great interviews which you just really want to be able to put out like right now for you guys. But you're just going to have to sit tight and yep. as we sort of slowly drip feed them to you over yeah. the coming months. But one of the ones that we just couldn't hold back any longer is one of the stories that we've been talking a lot about on the podcast recently. It's all about... Lark Distillery and some of their new releases. Yes, we got to talk to Chris Thompson at Lark. It was really interesting to find out um, straight from the horse's mouth. There's been quite a bit of conjecture and Mm -hmm. sort of rumor and lots of sort of back and forth online in the uh, whiskey community about some of Lark's recent releases. Yeah, and so speaking of the recent releases, this is what Chris Thompson had to say about the Symphony Number 1. So Symphony Number no. One, like I'm, I'm beyond pumped, pumped about. Um, I'm not sure the word "pumped" fits into our brand dialogue. I'm not sure that, but pumped. I'm very pumped. It's yeah. authentic, though. Yeah, that's yeah. yeah. That's yeah. So anyway, um, no, pumped about Symphony Number no. One. What's 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 Symphony Number no. One about? Symphony Number no. One is about uh, accessibility, drinkability. It's got enough complexity for people who've been drinking malt for you know for. A decade and it's got enough drinkability that you know you can sit back with your buddies that have never drunk malt before and they're gonna love it. Um, when I was looking through the portfolio for Symphony Number no. One, 
we were going through and I was tasting them and, and we found heaps of these, um, heaps of these bright floral, uh, sorry, like citrusy um, kind of tropical notes out of our, um, out of our Bothwell distillery, which is obviously Hover now, we're just speaking about. Uh, and then I was like, we've got to do something with that. It, it, like instantly when I, was, when I was looking at that whiskey, I, I knew what I wanted to do. And so we married that with a little bit of Overeem sherry, a little bit of uh, Bothwell sherry, uh, and then some lark port underneath to give it a bit, bit extra weight. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like it was, it was one of the more easy whiskies to come, come together with because we just like, when we tasted it, I was like, I knew exactly what to do, exactly what we wanted to do. And it came out exactly how it was looking in my mind, if not a little bit better. And yeah, to me, this is just the next step in the evolution of Australian and Tasmanian, Tasmanian whiskey. So you've got to get to a certain age as an industry to be able to become, to produce a blended malt. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got to have mature stocks from multiple distilleries. You've got to have, you know, enough volume coming through. You've got to, um, uh, you've got to have the right expertise then to, to put it together. And you've got to have a willing public that is, that is excited and mature enough to have a, a conversation about the difference between single malt and, and blended malt and, and the advantages and disadvantages uh, of both. Uh, and I think the Australian industry is there now. I think we're there, and, and so certainly it was an easy it was an easy thing for us to say what is that what is the next step in in the industry and what is the next step for us and those things strangely enough are often tied and here we are with uh, with Symphony Number no. One mm. so probably even more than the uh, Symphony Number no. One the recent uh, Wolf of the Willows release which was uh, used liquid from their Bothwell site aka as everyone knows Nant Distillery. Yeah, that, that one's caused a bit of controversy, but here's straight from Chris about why he decided to use um, Nant instead of Lark in that release. In terms of our recent Wolf of the Willows collaboration, Wolf number three, in this case, we had a look at what our portfolio had, and it was our Bothwell site, which produces Nant brand, a Bothwell distillery that produced the best style of whiskey, it had the best type of that bright floral citrusy punch that was going to match best with the um, with the porter notes from, from Wolf of the Willows. So there you have it and the full interview with Chris Thompson will be coming up at a later episode but they were some of the, the really prevalent points that we want to get out there straight away. So I tell you what Ted, getting audio straight from the source, that's a really exciting addition to the podcast isn't it? I mean it's, it's, it's all right. It's, it's, it's really exciting. Ted. Okay. Oh, my God. It's amazing. <laughs> but that's not the only exciting addition to the podcast that we're announcing this episode. <gasps> that's an appropriate reaction. <laughs> the next exciting announcement is contained in our next section, which is called... The Waffle. So we just previewed that we have got a big announcement coming up about the whiskey waffle podcast and the big announcement is this that we are taking a plunge and launching a whiskey waffle patreon at least we hope it'll be woo it might be a might be a damn squid but we're really hoping for woo at the moment so 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 that's a section where people just get to like patronize us for oh you know pretty easily patronized to be fair (laughs) so nick does this mean that we're going to charge everyone who wants to listen to our podcast millions of dollars 
in a subscription-only service to listen to the <laughs> magical content that we create. Um, that is the panic, isn't it? That is the panic. And the answer is no, no, we are not. The Whiskey Waffle Podcast will continue as normal. We're still going to put out an episode to all of our feeds every fourth Friday, just as we do right now. Nothing is changing for the podcast. But. 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 The costs associated with uh, hosting our upload space. And not to mention the bloody countless hours that I have to put in editing our waffle down to 50-minute yeah. episodes. Nick, Nick has to sit there grueling like, for hours and hours to over it. It's, it's pretty entertaining. Yeah. He, he does come to me um, afterwards and go, Ted, you've got to listen to this bit. I Neither of us can remember <laughs> doing it, but it's hilarious. Yeah. Um, but yeah, anyway... What this means is we'd love to be able to like balance out some of like the hours that are put into sort of having to drink all the whiskey and talking to the <laughs> microphones and the, the small amount of work that yeah, Nick does the, the on the hundreds of dollars for upload yeah. space that we need to do. Yes, um, but yeah, so we, we want to help balance out that and but also like it's it's not just sort of about the money. It's also it's, about it's not about the money. No, it's about creating a a community space. A, a, a waffle sphere, a waffle zone. Mm, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And these people should hopefully be able to get it to have a bit of a say on the direction of the pod and some of the stuff we talk about. Yeah, it, it's sort of it bringing you into our inner circle and letting letting you sort of chat with us about sort of what you like, what you don't like. Um, yeah, having discussions about whiskey and community around that. So, so what exactly is Patreon? That's a really good question that we need to talk about. Patreon is a website, patreon.com, which um, is a service that lets you pay uh, per month as, as little as, as like a couple of bucks um, and then receive bonus content from us, which we're working on providing. Yeah, and I think that's probably the key thing to point out here that as we've talked about before, this isn't locking the Whiskey Waffle podcast up behind a paywall. No. Nope. This you're still going to get all that normal content for free. For free, this is about creating extra sort of extra goodies um, that you can uh, participate in and sort of yeah. And there are a bunch of different tier levels. You can jump in at any tier like, and the the higher tiers will receive more rewards. Now, one thing that we probably must point out. So it's all in it's all in uh, American dollars. That's why some of the numbers are a bit random, like eighteen dollars, because I've tried to sort of translate it to Australian dollars. So let's talk in Australian dollars for this section, Ted, when we introduce our tiers. So, for three shiny dollars a month, roundabout, the first level is the carrier pigeon level. We'll send you a carrier pigeon. Woo! We love our carrier pigeons. Um, so, if you if you jump in on the carrier pigeon level, uh, this basically gets you into the community. You're able to access our posts. You can suggest topics to yeah. us, which we would love to have because we'll it means your... we have to generate, yeah. we have to come up with ideas less. So, basically, we're just sort of... Feeding the uh, feeding um, our content out to the farm to produce. We'll stick your name up on the uh, whiskey waffle high spirits list. That's on the the website. Yep, and you uh, can also vote on reviews that you want to see um, see done as well. So mm. in as yep. much as we can. Um, so that's the lowest level. But the next one up is is only about five dollars or five dollars twenty Australian a month, and that is the Faints Club. Because see, the thing is, we waffle a lot. I know this because, as previously mentioned, I edit it all. And sometimes some of the stuff, particularly some of the stuff that comes later in the night, is so waffly and random and full of absolute nonsense that it's just never going to make it into a normal episode. But it's bloody entertaining to listen to, at least if you've had a few drams. And um, I've been collecting a few of these for a while, and I've got this new episode, which we like to call The Faints. Nice little whiskey reference there, and um, if you if you're on the um, the Faints Club tier, then you get access to every month as well as an episode of Whiskey Waffle. You get access to the Faints, 
could be just sort of a section that's just too waffly to include. Could also be too us. too drunken to include. There's a bit mean. of that, yeah. There's there's one ep- there's one Faints Club episode which is um us singing. <laughs> oh yeah, that was yeah ill advised. I yeah. think so. We've got a few of them, but that's only that's only at the Faints Club tier or above because every tier basically you will get what's in the lower tiers plus that one. Yes, that that is important to mention that you sort of as you go up the tiers you don't sort of cut out what's below. But I mean, Faints Club and Carrier Pigeons. Uh, yeah, who who would want that? Yeah. <laughs> when for a mere ten schmackaroonies a month roundabout. <laughs> you can be an official waffler. True. Oh, yeah, baby. We will induct you on the pod. A personalised waffler membership certificate, and I have got the art for that just yeah, uh, the just the other beautiful. day from our artist, yep. and it looks schmick. Yep. Um, you basically also, and this is like this is the really cool thing that's yeah, worth this is the main thing for this. This is yeah. the thing that's actually worth your time going on this level. I mean, the certificate's pretty darn fine, but um, <laughs> you will get access to the entire uncut interviews that we do with the people that we talk to for our waffling with. So we like when we do the podcast, we obviously have to cut things down a bit to fit within like a reasonable length of time, although that gets quite hard because we waffle a lot. Yes. But if you go on the official waffler level, you'll get access to the whole whole conversation and there's some really cool stuff in there that we that we talk to them about. Yeah, nice one. So the next level up is called Drinking Buddies. And this one is $25 a month. And if you do sign up to this level, then um, basically we will um, we'll send you a gift in the mail. <gasps> a gift? Yeah, yeah, because we can't legally sell any whiskey. We're just going to share some, yeah, some it's, little it's, sample bottles it's whoever, with our friends. Whoever, uh, whoever's toe we're cutting off this month to extort money. <laughs> because how many times have you listened to the Whiskey Waffle podcast? Probably none. No. How many times <laughs> have you listened to the Whiskey Waffle podcast and thought, oh, I really wish I could taste the whiskey that they're reviewing this episode? Well... We'll plan the review ahead of time, and we're going to post out little 30ml samples of that review whiskey um, so you can drink along with us. And just to remind, only Australia at mm. the moment. Unfortunately, we... Yeah, yeah um, not necessarily yeah. let's send uh, booze overseas. No, so you have, you have to be an Australian to get that. Mm-hmm. But it's pretty cool, and it would be great to have you drinking alongside us. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's, that's just sort of being a drinking buddy. But if you want to chuck out 50 bucks a month, which is... Pretty awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much. Basically, if you want, yeah, 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 do that. You will become part of the official whiskey waffle tasting panel, yeah. and what that means is that we will also send you out, as as well as like the just the review one for the month. We'll also send you out a sample of something on our shelves, our personal shelves. Mm-hmm. We don't just go down to the bottle shop and grab a bottle and run away. So, but it's probably going to be something that's local, so either Tasmanian or mainland Australian, and it's probably. Yeah, rare. Something maybe like that's single cask or... Yeah, just something that we've got yeah. floating around. Which brings us to the final tier, which is called Cask Strength, which is $100 a month. $100? Which we fully expect no one will ever purchase, which is absolutely fine. Yeah, because we, I mean, why would you? Why would you even bother? But, you know, you've got to have a, you've got to have a ceiling, don't you? So this is it. Um, so for this amount, we're going to make you personalised tasting videos... Yeah. We'll um, constantly rave about how awesome you are on the podcast. Basically, we'll be your sugar babies. If you want, if you want your name mentioned throughout the uh, Whiskey Waffle podcast, then then yeah, feel free to jump on that one. But this is more of our sort of pie in the sky just option. I mean, 
everyone could suddenly just jump on that one. Like, we want everything. That'll just about cover our overheads, won't it? <laughs> I reckon it might. Yeah, but once again, we just want to reiterate, it's not like a compulsory thing at all. We're just putting this out as an option, something new we want to explore. Um, it'd be lovely to cover some of our costs that we put in, but it'd be even more lovely to create a community of, of wafflers that we could just sort of, you know, post comments and chat with people on Patreon. Yeah, that's it. We we want to sort of generate that discussion and community and bring you in on the wings of our carrier pigeon and sort of yeah. have you part of our family. And like if we really get like loads of patrons, <laughs> we will post ourselves out. Yeah, yeah. Just jump in a big old post bag. Yeah. <laughs> Whiskey Tribe have never got that far, have they? <laughs> yeah. And then you've got... I've trying to find it ah there's another one somewhere we can cut this yeah intent don't worry ted i'm cutting it the whiskey nick Mm. it's time to go low go low how low how low can you go can you go as low as the lowlands so we are reviewing a whiskey today from um one of the few lowlands distilleries but probably the biggest lowlands distillery it's called okintoshin and whiskey waffle fast fact mm. this was the first whiskey review to ever feature on whiskey waffle it was this is the okintoshin three wood so tell me yes tell me tell me more about the three wood yes of this. so the three wood indicates the initial maturation in bourbon um it also talks about the sherry maturation in both Oloroso and Pedro Jimenez. Jimenez? Yeah, can't resist. Um, that's happened afterwards. So, yeah, it it doesn't say that it's 12 years old on the front, but it pretty much is. Now, what's another interesting feature of Ockentoshan that's a bit different to other Scottish distilleries? Well, the three is, three is a really interesting number. I think three is the magic number for Ockentoshan. Not only is this thrice matured, it is thrice distilled. <gasps> Gasp! No, not thrice distilled. Yeah, they only do that in Ireland, don't they? Apparently not. Mm. No, Damien Mackey says yeah. otherwise. So what does um, triple distilling do to spirit in general? So apart from making it come off at really high levels that are likely to cause um, blindness. Well, this is the thing. I think that's, that's to do with it. It comes off purer. I think it, it, it's going to leave a few more of those heavy non-ethanol uh, molecules back down in the still. I think that it potentially makes it a lighter spirit. Mm. Um, chocolatey. Yeah. Def- yeah, definitely chocolatey. But it's not quite dark chocolate though. I say this is quite a sweet milk chocolate. Maybe, maybe almost like milk chocolatey. I agree with maybe some cocoa in there as well though. It's sort yeah. of got a p- almost powdery sort of chocolateiness to it. But there's fruit. It's heading down the road of rum and raisin now. Mm. There is definitely some of that. Maybe some prunes as well. Yeah, like yeah. At least one prune. Yeah. Bit of spice. I think also it makes it makes me think a bit of like. Old car seatbelts. <laughs> there you go. Whiskey waffle, hot tasting tip. <laughs> exactly. Fruit and chocolate and some seatbelts. I mean, it's not heavy on the palate, is it? What percentage is this? Um, 43? Yeah. Yes. Guessed it. It is, yeah. So it's just that, that bit above 40, but it is it is pretty light on the palate. Maybe a little bit of gentle spice on the finish. It's not, it's like, I don't get much citrus in there. No, no, you're absolutely right. It's maybe sort of stone fruit. Mm. It is, it does sit very high in the palate though and sort of glides over and yeah. down. 
the finish is quite free. It's, it's more chocolate again, yeah. but maybe with a hint of meatiness or something. Yeah, it's not as sweet as you'd first expect when you do try it. You know what? It's like having a um, a platter and you get a biscuit. There's a bit of biscuitiness in there. Get a bit of cheese. Yeah. Probably a sharper, sharper sort of cheese. And then a bit of cured meat and then a little bit of fruit paste in there as well. Oh, and yeah. it's like sort of yeah, yeah. jamming that into your gob. Yeah, There's yeah. sort of various different layers and it's levels. It's mixed, and- doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and also in the back of the finish, I'm getting a bit of sort of, um, for Australians out there, a bit of Jaffa's. Uh, mm. For everyone else, chocolate orange. Yeah, choc- chocolate and orange. That's that's mm. not a bad, although it's quite a dark, it's like um, candied orange peel mm. more so than yeah, um, yeah. fresh orange. Just a hint of sourness, just on the very back, just on the very edge. Mm. That's true, actually. Mm. And you do get a bit of, um, just in the back as well, there's a bit of sort of timber Yeah. Um, there too. Yeah. One timber, two, or maybe three. Could be three. <laughs> yeah, so the final thing that I want to talk about, though, for this whiskey is the colour. Because, tell you what, that's a beautiful colour, isn't it, Ted? Absolutely. Dark. It's very thick, dark. Dark brown. Beautiful. It's a gorgeous colour. And you know the really disappointing thing? It's not real. Uh, there's only one way that you can really... Well, not true. No. We have we, we do know that we have seen some quite extraordinarily coloured uh, drops, but... This to is not one. <laughs> can consist, consistently get this sort of colour. Need a good old drop of caramel. E150 colouring. Yeah, so Ockentosh are one of the, the famous examples of adding caramel colouring to their to their whiskey. This is the whiskey equivalent of fake tan, basically. Mm. Um, which is a legal um, thing you're allowed to do in Scotland. You can add caramel colouring to change the colour. That's perfectly within your rights. But it just doesn't quite sit right with a lot of people, and I've got to admit, I'm probably one of those people. Yeah, look, this is this is actually a really interesting conversation that we should probably actually have have as part of the waffle sometime. Yeah. That like additives to whiskey. Yeah, we we generally say that whiskey should be three ingredients. Three ingredients, but does caramel? Mm. Yeah. Anyway, people reckon it doesn't affect the flavour. Um, and it, to be fair, they probably are right. But uh, okay, people. Well, on that topic. Let us know your thoughts about having additives to whiskey like caramel colouring or things like seasoning casks, sort of fresh fresh seasoning casks with um with sherry or wine or something like mm. that. Or the old um do you do you remember the old days when they used to use um forced paxarit, yeah. which was like boiled down sherry into casks to sort Those of freshen the them up. Days. Yeah. Let let us know what your thoughts are on um, having sort of additives within whiskey and whether it's a bad thing, it's an indifferent thing, it's a good thing. We'll get those and then another time we'll talk about uh, it on the waffle. We sure will. And I, I'm loath to have it influence my enjoyment of the whiskey, even though I'm sure there's some sort of subliminal, subconscious thing where I'm thinking, ooh, dark whiskey, it's beautiful. So it means I've got to give it a score. And normally, like on the website, this is a four-star whiskey for me. But whiskey's a subjective thing, isn't it? It's a funny old thing, like mm. different days, different sort of perspectives. I'm feeling three stars tonight. Um, yeah, I, I agree. Three three stars. Nick, what am I doing? You're not talking to the microphone for a start. No, can you hear me? I'm doing something. Mystery whiskey. It is a mystery whiskey ahead of us. <laughs> Ted, has, Ted has potentially broken the bottle in no, part no, of opening no. it. It's not broken. It's just got a seal in it. Ah, excellent. Um, what sort of seal? Elephant seal. Um, 
I'm struggling to think of any other type of seal now. What's that? Leopard seal. Um, oh, what's the one that does all the tricks at SeaWorld? Anyway, never mind. Give us your glass. Okay. So, tonight on Mystery Whiskey, this is a whiskey waffle first. This is a mystery for both of us. Da, da, da. So, neither Ted nor I know what is in this tiny bottle we've just poured into two glasses. Uh, the only person that does is sitting on the mainland somewhere, feeling very smug. And about to really, really, really listen to us squirm. So this is a sample sent to us from Adrian. Adrian Graham or Adrian underscore whiskey on Instagram. And he has sent us... Ted's just knocking stuff down over there. Whoops. He has sent us a, a bottle marked Mystery Whiskey. And it, it literally says Mystery Whiskey on the bottle. And he's sent us an envelope which is sealed with another Mystery Whiskey label. So Ted and I... Have no idea what's going on here, and we're gonna we're gonna give it our darndest though. This is Ted from the future. And Nick from the future. In the yes. future I have a really high pitched voice. You do, except there when you didn't have a high pitched voice. Yes, but the rest of the time. Yes, yeah, so we have just tasted the Four Roses Single Barrel. It's a bourbon, and it didn't necessarily strike us as a bourbon straight off. Spoilers! <clears throat> Spoilers. That's got an interesting nose. It's not more quinoa whiskey, is it? No, it's not as it's not as dark and weird as that. But I'm no, not, but it's floral. It, no, it, it's not as dark and weird as the quinoa, I don't think. No, but this is no Speyside bourbon matured whiskey, so let's rule that no. out straight away. I don't I don't think it's American, is it? It, it could be. It's it, it's it, not bourbon. It's not bourbon. It could it could be. Maybe it's Westwood Lands. <laughs> Westlandwood. Yeah. It's quite vanilla-y. Yeah, it is. It's it could be corn. It actually could be virgin oak. Mm. Do we think it's rye? I reckon it's got rye in there. And the more I'm smelling it, the more that I say it's not, but I was the first person to say it's not bourbon. Now, all of a sudden, I'm like, hmm, actually, there's a lot of bourbon coming through here. All bourbon tastes like bourbon? Well, we haven't tasted it yet, so shall we have a sip? It's car strength. It's car strength, and it tastes a lot like bourbon. But it's something different, too. Is it bourbon? Is that that sweet sort of uh, vanilla-y... It's tapered by something different. It's greener. It's it's raw. It's it's got this... Right, so we're going to... We're going going to go on this big wank fest that it's not bourbon it's something else but no, like no. bourbon but we not- say all bourbon tastes like bourbon i say this is bourbon with bits on it's like marmalade with the bits in mm, maybe it is that is the best sort of marmalade mr fussy would disagree uh, mr fussy's full of it i've got a very important question for you ted peanut butter crunchy or smooth i like crunchy oh, i'm crunchy all the way yeah yeah um, listeners at home, what do you know? Okay. Um, we digress. Actually, no, I'm, I'm, right. going, I, I'm revising my opinion. Is this bourbon? I've gone the opposite way to you. I first didn't think it was, and now I'm thinking well, it is. We, we have, we have made the bold statement before that all bourbon tastes like bourbon. I have in fact already mentioned it. Is he trying to get us with this? It's the is- back of the palate that gives it away mm. for me. It's this is like a fifty five percent. The more I drink it, the more I think it's bourbon. It's got it's. I think it's maybe got that sort of heavy corn, sort of that sweet, powerful mm. note that just comes through on. No, I'm I'm with you with that. Yeah, it's nice though. 
like if it is bourbon, it's one of the nicer ones that I've had. It's it's got it, like it's a not boring toffee apples. Yeah, toffee apple. Yeah, yeah. That's mm. that's what I get. It's got nice caramelness to like on the uh, palate with a bit of apple in there. It's lively. It's exciting, and it tastes like bourbon. All right. Let, do I'm it. just going to lean towards this is some sort of uh, higher proof bourbon. Like, you know, that extra alcohol just gives it this extra punch. He's opening the envelope. Is it? Is this going to be a moonlight uh, scenario at the, um, <laughs> at the Oscars again? It's La La Land. Yeah, I think he he's very much struggling to get this <laughs> out of the... Here we go. The mystery whiskey is... Oh, the details are inside. Oh. <laughs> I have to open up. Oh, there's a lot of information here. Are you ready? G'day, guys. It's come from Australian. The mystery whiskey, yes, it does have an E. Details follow. Are you ready? Yes. Four roses, single barrel, yes! barrel strength. Yes! 62.7% ABV. So it's not 55. This is higher than that. Warehouse number LE, barrel number 65.6, aged nine years and two months. Nine years and two months. No wonder we're enjoying it. It's one of the oldest bourbons that we've tried. 75% corn, 20% rye, 5% malted barley. Slonger at Adrian.whiskey. There you go. It's a American cask strength, and I do believe we may have said that. We did. Nick, yes. get ready. It's time for a high five. Hey. From the other side of the room. <laughs> um, there you oh, go. Yes, we, we got, got it. it. And also, I quite like it. This shit is excellent. No, it goes down well. I would happily own a bottle of this i would go so far as to say that this is a four star whiskey mm. we're not necessarily reviewing this but i'm still going to put a whiskey waffle value on this and i would say that this is a in terms of bourbon this is a you don't, four star you don't say that about many bourbons mm. cheers adrian yeah thanks mate you're a good bloke if you would like to send us a mystery whiskey then um follow adrian's lead get in touch to find out our postal address and um yeah send us something with a sealed envelope You're combining baklava and Turkish delight together to one amazing Turkish dessert. Baklava delight. <laughs> That's a completely different thing, Ted. Waffle, waffle, waffle in with. So here we are in the very first ever edition of Waffling With, and we're lucky enough to get our hometown hero, Mark Littler, on the podcast for you guys today. So welcome, Mark. Thank you, Mark. Thank you for coming along. Yes, now. Nah. Good to be along here, Ted and Nick. I know, you say coming along, we've come <coughs> yep. to him. We're actually yes. sitting at Helly's Road Distillery right now, yeah. which is, um, yeah, Mark <clears throat> Littler's domain for the last 17 years. Is that right? Yes, no, I started uh, working here as in the distillery, um, as a distiller in 2003. And over that period of time, uh, we've uh, built up some stocks to be able to take our single malt whiskies to the world and launched uh, in 2006 with our visitor centre opening up and uh, 2007 was promoted into my current role as GM and Master Distiller and it's been an interesting uh, journey throughout that period. So you say, you say that, um, of course, obviously now you're a Master Distiller, but did you actually know anything about whisky really when you first started? with Hellier's Road? No, um, when I came on board, my background is in dairy food science. So there's obviously through the studies of that angle of um, the science degree, you do uh, cross over to other disciplines with, uh, you know, brewing and meat and fish in terms of uh, the processing side of things. But uh, operationally, 
Um, I spent quite a few years um, in the dairy industry making cheese and butters and skim milk powders. So the synergies between those sorts of practices and disciplines into um, uh, you know, making a good quality uh, fine single malt whisky are, are very much on, very much similar. It's just that uh, you have to get your head around and understand, you know, that you're dealing with malted barley and uh, mm. processes around distillation. But the most interesting learnings of them all is uh, working in the bond store, where um, just understanding your casks and the influences that those casks have on the aging of your spirit, and also just the different finishing programs that we have. So. Uh, that's all been new uh, learnings, and uh, we've uh, got a very, you know, a good quality barrel policy, and, uh, yeah. uh, and and we've learned a lot of techniques around how to, um, you know, manage our warehousing. Yeah, and so over the last sort of 17 years, or and especially from 2007 onwards, when you kicked off, you must have seen a big change in the Tasmanian whisky industry. Yeah. Um, and it's really, really taken off um, on your watch. Yeah, and that's been an interesting um, to be part of it and to mm. sort of see the industry grow. Um, it certainly goes hand in hand with um, good quality produce and the image um, with all food and beverage that comes out of Tasmania. And I've been very fortunate where we've been able to take our brand um, globally to you know, Europe and uh, Japan and plus our whiskies in many other countries around the world and to be able to stand there and not only promote and you know enjoy people's experiences about Hellier's Road but to also talk about the growing um, uh, industry that's occurring here in Tasmania yep. um, in an island state of Australia certainly um, uh, certainly is a great conversation to have. Mm. Mm. Now, um, after 17 big years with Hellier's Road, it, it is um, now official that you'll be hanging up the, the still. Does the still get hung up? Uh, you'll be, um, uh, yeah, you'll be moving on from Hellier's Road at the, yeah. at the end of this year. So first of all, congratulations. Mm -hmm. um, and second of all, what was it that, um, that prompted you to realise that, that it's time? Oh, look, it's a very hard decision. Um, uh, it was a very hard decision to make, but um, look, I'm... I'm very committed to um, my role and I take my responsibility very seriously and of course working for um, a company uh, there's, a, there's a huge responsibility and you're wanting to make sure that you deliver the outcomes and keep that going and I guess I find that I'm a type of person that probably doesn't switch off very mm -hmm. well so it's been 17 years 24-7 um, yeah. apart from you know when, when one sleeps and uh, <laughs> uh, the business and the company um, are focusing on even an exciting journey going forward yeah. in the next phase and uh, I would really love to be part of that but I'm just getting a little bit um, tired I guess and I yeah. think <clears throat> there's this another wave of excitement, another vision coming through to uh, expand our stock levels and uh, reach further um, across the globe with our, with our product into the market. We're um, doubling our brewing and distilling. We've got some amazing projects on the go. Um, and I'm sitting around the table starting to feel a little bit mm -hmm. tired, so I thought that probably the best thing I should do is put my hand up to say that uh, um, it's probably time for me to have a bit of a break. Um, so at this stage, I'm not sure uh, what I'm going to do. So it has been a really big decision mm -hmm. um, for myself, but at the moment it's just uh, going to go home and... Uh, 
have a bit of a break, spend a bit of time with the family, yeah. um, explore some other interests, I guess, yeah. and learn other things like fishing and riding a motorbike. Yeah. And uh, we'll, I'll just see what um, unfolds from there. And yeah. at this stage, it's just a focus on getting uh, and committing 100% to the Hillies Road journey until you know the um, end of the year. Yep. Yeah. And then. Um, the next phase is just to have a holiday. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, do you think? Do you think after that point, though, some somewhere in the future, you want to come back to sort of the the world of distilling? Or yeah, look. Um, obviously, once I made the decision, um, you'd reflect and think, what have I done? <laughs> um, particularly because, you know, I'm, I'm not moving on to um, anything in particular, and uh, I'm probably a little bit young to seriously be talking about retiring. Um, but uh, yeah, so those—it's um, 17 years of a commitment to the whiskey, um, and particularly Helly's Road. It's Helly's Road that's in my bloodstream. So um, I'm not sure. I just at the moment I can't think pretty much past um, what I need to do at the moment to get to the end of the year, um, and um, my um, interests. Uh, in single malt whiskey will probably move down a different track in terms of exploring and enjoying and partaking in um, you know some of the amazing whiskies that are available um, and just relax along those lines for a little while yeah i can see a potential elder statesman brand ambassadorial <laughs> role for <laughs> Hellier's road yes yeah they keep they keep wheeling out bill lark so i'm sure <laughs> you never yeah. truly leave Hellier's road yes um but have have well, there been some um, i'm sure they have but um what are some of the the highlights for you over the last 17 years oh uh, the highlights um is you know it's it's certainly um dealing with the people that are here we have a real amazing culture um and while i sit in this role and um, i'm very mindful of the fact that um, the way you create um, a business like this particularly through the phase that we've come through um, it's through the you know really good people that are committed to that journey and they really have done um, an exemplary role the the culture and uh, so the, the guys around here and um, in the visitor center and um, you know, so I'll be very sad to leave to leave that part, but um, that's certainly been a highlight in terms of um, you know it's been a really great journey, just uh, enjoying um, the the understanding single malt whiskey from a bond store and just seeing how that matures and develop as well. So it's a real journey from a new make spirit and watching just how you know the flavours um, develop and mature and mm. tasting. And, um, you know, becoming a real f nice sort of flavour bomb in the, on the palate um, and watching even a, the same sort of casks and how they develop over the years at different age points. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, is, yeah. Yeah. Is, is there any, is, well, speaking of um, flavour bombs on the flavour bombs and things, would be yeah. remiss of us not to mention what's in the glass at the moment because this is, um, this is a whiskey that predates you. Yes. We just discovered, well, actually, funny story Ted and I um, tried the oldest Tasmanian whiskey we'd ever tried last night. <laughs> yes. It was a, exactly 18 year old Solomon's Cove, which was very tasty. So when we came along today, we, we squared up to Mark and we said, beat that. <laughs> and he did by one week. <laughs> yeah, yeah so we've got a cast down here that, um, yeah, it got us thinking when you mentioned uh, 18 years. So, um, yeah, so this uh, predates me by about 12 months. Mm. Uh, so this is uh, our original profile. So 2002 was the first uh, year that we released 
um, from our whiskies, our first um, stock that we released into the market was from 2002. So yep. this is from our one of our original, mm. uh, from the original year. The original original. Um, yeah, the original original. Yeah. And it is original. So we called it original when we launched. <laughs> and uh, so over the years we've had um, our non-age statement original, we've had 10-year um, original, 12-year um, original, we've got a 15-year, and they've all been um, incredibly successful. And uh, so now we have, uh, we've had 16, we've got some 16-year original in the Bond store, yeah. finishing off in Pinot Noir casks, and this is um, some of our oldest whiskey that's in the warehouse. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we're very lucky to try it. It might not be one that finds its way into Dan Murphy's anytime soon, but <laughs> no, it's... Um, there are some, some pretty exciting new releases coming out though. Yeah, um, is there, so what's, what's sort of in store for the rest of your tenure then? What, what have you, what's left for you to work on before you journey off into the sunset? Um, we're currently working on a, um, you know, vatting and marrying of, or vatting in particular with um, sherry casks. So they'll probably still be um, in in timber under the vatting casks when I leave. So I'll be watching uh, very closely for, um, you know, I'll have to come and purchase a bottle of sherry casks once it's <laughs> been through the process and the new. The, um, the, the new direction sort of takes ownership of that and releases that into the market. And so I'll be very keen to see that because that will be our first um, sherry cast. So once again, it's just, um, it's coming back to sort of what's happening now and that innovation is, is really the most exciting bit, so. Yeah, well, speaking of the sherry casks, you and I have a bit of personal history over those. Oh, yes. So um, in, in my day-to-day -day life, I work for uh, the Tasmanian government for Biosecurity Tasmania. Now, distilleries um, ship in barrels from overseas, so they quite often get um, uh, bourbon casks from America or they might get some sherry casks from uh, Spain. They come in a shipping container, and if I can recommend an experience, it's opening a shipping container after it's been closed up for several months, uh, full of empty uh, bourbon or sherry casks. The smell is amazing. <laughs> but anyway, someone um, with this particular shipment of sherry casks, unfortunately decided to roll them over a, a muddy ground um, when they were putting them in the container, and so, when I was inspecting them on this side of the pond, um, they were all dirty and I had to tell Heller's Road that they would have to have them cleaned before <laughs> they, uh, they came up, which caused, caused a, bit of a, a bit of a stir amongst the, um, amongst the establishment, I do believe. Yes, we remember getting that call to say that we had to go down and <laughs> unload everything on the, on the premises from where you work from, so that was interesting. So it didn't take just one of us, I think a carload of us uh, <laughs> went down to take this uh, younger than, than Ted is now um, on, but uh, he had the big stick and we had to do as we were told, so we um, organised the unloading of the sherry casks. Um, 120 of them I think in the 20 foot container, 40 foot container and uh, we unloaded those and and, uh, and washed them down and um, the gravel and the bits and pieces that were on the outside and and so we've got them up here we filled them with our new make spirits so this was back in 2014 um, so they're still um, a little uh, young in terms of where uh, for, for release at the moment, but uh, certainly maturing along at a, an amazing pace for us to um, have tipped our first sort of small batch 
um, and, and do some vatting. So all that vatting is at cask strength and back in timber, so it's continuing to age and uh, I think we'll see something pretty nice come out of those casks within sort of 12 months. Oh. I've certainly been uh, keeping a keen eye on what's going on with those. Well, all this talk of our sherry casks has made me a little bit thirsty actually, so I think... Um... Yes, no, thanks guys. So... Absolute pleasure. I look um, forward to following you guys as well as uh, the odd whiskey that comes out from yeah. Helios Road. Yes. <laughs> well, shall we drink some whiskey? I think we shall. So uh, there we go, fellow wafflers. Our very first ever waffling with session and it's been a good one. Indeed. Thank you very much. Onwards with the journey. Where's my drink, damn it? <laughs> Where is your drink? It's right here. Whiskey. Would you rather... All right, Nick. Yes. Good news. What's the, what's the good news? We've brought back our imaginary friend to give us a question. Ah, uh, yes. And who is our imaginary friend? Cleon. Cleon, actually. Cleon, we're, we're actually making Cleon famous. Did you know this, Ted? Really? Yeah, yeah. He was buying whiskey from someone the other day, and they, they asked him in their correspondence, are you the whiskey waffle, Cleon? That's weird. Do they have the same imaginary friend as us? We, we must all have the same imaginary friend. So what has our imaginary friend asked us? Our imaginary friend... Is being a bit of a uh, bit of a uh, knob <laughs> and um, giving us difficult uh, whiskey. Would you rather's? Oh, okay. So I'll, I'll I'll chuck this one out at you, and yeah, I, then chuck I'll away. play play around as well. So Nicholas, mm. with love from Cleon, yeah. Whiskey, would you rather? Yep. Ten. Ten. I just I'll take ten. <laughs> ten different Octomores. Ooh. Or yeah. Ten different Karchus releases. Oh, I'll throw a Karchus. Don't or mind a bit of that. Ten different Arbeg committee releases. Mm. I think you got it inspired us about us uh, talking about Arbeg uh, committee releases the other week. Um, so you've got yeah, you've got a choice. Of, um, ten different Octomores, ten mm. different Karchus releases, or ten different Arbeg committee releases. Now, it's it's probably a good thing that this isn't um. Smash session saver. Oh yeah, that'd or else we'd be quite dead. <laughs> Smashing ten different octomores. <laughs> yeah, um, savoury. Yeah, no, that's that's a tough one, Cleon, because all three of these are, are really good sounding. They're all... <laughs> he actually. So there's a little um, addendum to yeah. his his question. He he does um actually mention that. He he changed the question because his original one that he was going to ask was, um, would you uh, rather have ten different octomores or ten different heartwoods? Um, but he says that the one thing that I've learned about you boys is that Hartwood is always the answer. How dare he suppose what goes on in our head? Yep, no, it's definitely a Hartwood. He's right, though, yeah. yeah. All right, all right, all right. Mm. Peated Wonderlands. Peated Wonderlands. I can't say that I've really had that much Karchus. Well, you see, I think the Karchus is probably the dark horse here because I've had a couple at the distillery and they've been... Far and away, the best Lafroigs I've ever had. Well, that's good to hear because they're also quite expensive Lafroigs yes, too. Yes, so, I oh, imagine imagine having ten of them. But I mean, imagine having ten Octomores. Mm, true. And I mean, they, we haven't even begun to talk about Ardbeg yet. Mm. But the the Ardbeg ones, they have the label, they have the marketing, they have the excitement. Sometimes you want to get them down just to drink because of the picture on the front. Whereas the Karchus sort of have the years. I think the Karchus are possibly more consistently good. But the Ardbegs yeah. have this X factor. This is true. I do agree with your um, summation about the labels. You've, <laughs> got, um, you've got things like Galileo and Kelpie drums. Yeah. Um, I mean, just grooves. Dark Cove, even it's Dark Cove, yeah. Supernovas and stuff, yeah. Supernova. Uh, I, it's a tough one. I, I still don't know which way I'm going. Well, 
What about the Octomores? Mm. I suppose here's the thing about Octomores. I what what I'm about to say will will shock you, but Ooh. you you will I think you after some thought you appreciate them. Octomores are the bourbon of this lineup. <laughs> oh, really? That does shock me, actually. Yeah. Look, there is lots and lots of different. People are yelling at me right now. There's mm. lots of difference within the Octomore range, but Octomore is sort of a one sort of cohesive whole that has had a continual evolution throughout its throughout its history. I'm not I'm not saying this is a reason that we shouldn't pick it, mm. but like Octomore's sort of uh, is gradual improvements and like upping of peat levels and sort of they've got four different sort of strains that they sort of do one of each time and they kind of keep improving those and it's just sort of but I think an an Octomore versus an Octomore is probably going to be more like each other than say a a black versus a grooves yeah exactly yeah no, that, you make a good point with that. They all taste like Octomore. Exactly, and that's mm. where I'm getting at. The, yeah. the whole, all bourbon tastes like bourbon. All Octomores taste like Octomores, except, of course, within their own categories, there's lots of variation and um, you can find lots of different things. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. And um, the Ardbeg fan in me would just just screaming, pick Ardbeg, pick Ardbeg. Mm. And um, it's it's hard to argue with it. Yeah, It's, it's Ardbegging me to pick I'm. I mean, I'm almost vaguely tempted to go for the cut just because I've just no, never. I've. I think I've had vaguely more Ardbegs than I have mm. the uh, Carchesses, and yeah. but then I don't know the Ardbeg fan in me is screaming pick <laughs> Ardbegs as well, just like the Octomore fan in me is screaming pick Octomore. Right. I'm gonna give a silly fantasy question, a silly fantasy answer. Are you ready? Yep. I'm going to pick Octomore because once I've drunk my 10 bottles of Octomore, I can then play 10-pin bowling with them. Yeah, that's that's, that's, that's actually a very <laughs> good right use shape. for Octomore bottles. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't know. They'd all be amazing. Uh, mm. Listeners, what would you do? Look, okay. I, I'm just going to... Because this is a fantasy situation... I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go out there and get the carches. I yep, and enjoy them something in your fantasy I, I don't know enough about, and I'd be keen to explore more. Yeah, yeah. Cleon, for an imaginary friend, <laughs> you suck. You make a squirm. Oh, gosh, I want to know what other people would do though. I bet Cleon does as well. Stick a stick a comment in Instagram every time we release an episode. We'll do an official podcast release photo, so you can comment on that one and and let us know. Cleon will do it, so you get to see what Cleon reckons. But you know, join in the conversation, see what people see what people think. Well, Ted, it's that time of the night. It is. We have drunk many drams, mm. many many drams, and we are merry. But you know, in a good way. Wait, can you be merry in a bad way? Maybe. Well, we'll ask Robin Hood's merry men. Sometimes, you know. They're merry men, but they they really they really have to work themselves up to that that level. Yeah, it's a pity party, isn't it? <laughs> totally. Yeah, here we are at the end of the episode. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. By the way. Yes, thank you very much. Look, and we had some really exciting things in tonight's. Uh, yeah. In, in today, love- tonight, whenever whenever you're listening, we love sharing our travels and all the stuff we've done. But also, it's it's been a big episode for Whiskey Waffle. We've announced. Uh, our new Patreon thing that we're trying out. And I'd encourage you, even if you don't end up jumping on board one of the tiers, just go to, to www.patreon.com slash whiskeywaffle and check it out. See what some of our, our tiers are. See if that might interest you. And yeah, if, if you are interested, jump on board because we we love to have some people along on this journey with us. 
Yeah, no, it would be really great. And the other big thing that we uh, introduced uh, for this episode was Waffling With. Waffling With is going to be a big thing going forward. I'm so excited. Yeah, look, it is so good to be able to sort of talk directly with the distillers. Mm -hmm. Or, uh, look, it's it's not always potentially going to be distillers as well. We might talk to other people within the whiskey industry too. Um, And if you've got any suggestions about, yeah, people you might like to hear from. Or would you like to get in touch with us? Mm, absolutely. We potentially love to have you on the podcast. Are you a, uh, are you an industry person? Yeah, no, it, it's good fun, and we'd love to do some more of that. So, yeah, that's where we're at. But for now, it's just about knockoff time, I think. Yeah, look, I think it's probably time for one for the road. But yep. for for the, uh, you guys, I think it's time we say goodbye. Mm, we'll say one final slonger. Slonger. Slonger var. Farewell. Thanks for listening. Cheers, everybody. Bye. Bye. Whiskey Waffle recommends you drink whiskey responsibly and only if you're above the legal drinking age in your country. Our lawyers made us say that. Or at least, they would have if we actually had lawyers. Heartwood is always the answer.